0: Are you ready? Hey everybody! Hey Pop! Hello everybody! People in the back! Welcome everybody! Welcome to the inner loop! Welcome everybody! Welcome to the inner loop! Without further ado! Without further ado! Okay, so without further ado, we're going to get started. We should get started. We're yeah. Working, I am We're We're going to get started. <laughs> Welcome to the Inner Loop Radio, I'm Rachel Koontz. And I'm Courtney Sexton. Thank you for joining us. If you haven't already, remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you stream from. And for all of
1: our loyal listeners out there, don't forget to leave us a review telling the world how much you love us.
0: And for any new listeners out there, here on the Interloop Radio, we delve into all things creative writing, whether that be inspiration or craft, what makes a great ghost story, or how to construct the perfect sonnet, or just how we all sit down each day in front of an empty page. Speaking of empty pages, some
1: of you may have noticed (laughs) that we were off last month.
0: Indeed we were. Uh, We were doing a bit of spring cleaning, and we're coming at you with a brand new format starting today. Right now. Starting right now. You'll notice that we have more content and more fun with fewer breaks, and the last third of the show dedicated to a special segment. (laughs) Which could be Courtney and I demonstrating a writing tool or some of our favorite inner loopers joining us to talk about publishing or maybe do some improv slam poetry or dramatic reading. Who knows what we will have in store for you. I guess you'll just have to tune in to find out. I guess so. And on
1: that note uh, for today's show, we're going to be digging into nature not nature. literally nature <laughs> digging into nature writing Courtney ah, loves ha. her fun I, know, I know. <laughs> um, we talked in March about spring clean, uh spring cleaning <laughs> <laughs> and spring coming um, with budding projects um, and then Earth Day was a couple of weeks ago and now, you know... It's I mean, all about nature right now. Totally. You look around to see everything is green. I was going to say,
0: you just step outside. It's just, like, And pops. spring is everywhere. Buds, flowers. Me and Jordan are always, like, picking flowers, putting at flowers. Flowers are everywhere. And inside, you don't even have to be outside. Inside, it's all those little, like, bring things, just get in. There are those little oh, things, little, that the, like, little, like, little brown yes, things yeah. that become like mm-hmm. particles all over the floor. Yeah. And then there's the seeds that are coming off the trees. <sighs> Tell me more about how seeds work, right? <laughs> it's just all over my floor, just coming inside. And I vacuum every day. But anyway. Yes. Well, it's
1: impossible <laughs> not to take stock of the change in scenery. And, uh, <laughs> as
0: evidence as, as we've just
1: uh, <laughs> elaborated on. But it's, it's, you know, often changes in the natural world around us. Um, that can sometimes trigger
0: the most unexpected moments of, of beauty or inspiration in writing. Yeah, I... it's totally inspiring to see the world, like, reawaken after slumber, the winter slumber. Absolutely.
1: And, and I mean, the winter itself is its own kind of, you know, the quiet, the solitude, mm-hmm. the
0: stillness. Is It's also... Things are at work, yeah. as evidenced by spring. Right. Um... So. Under the surface, things are happening. Okay, just, it looks asleep, but it's really working hard I'm in there. And then spring
2: platter.
1: Oh my god! Oh my. That's
0: exactly god. what my writing process is. Like. I was like,
1: I was like, is this a metaphor?
0: <laughs> is this <what's> everything's in- <laughs> a metaphor? Exactly.
1: Um. So so, let's talk tell a little. <laughs> let's, let's talk a little in in some more deliberate terms. And
0: yeah. I'll, what? So what? Okay. So nature writing is like its own thing. It's like one of the things that you like list off. I'm a travel writer. Right, I'm right, a nature right. writer. Yeah. So, what is nature writing? Like, what makes nature writing nature writing? We all have nature. Well, in our exactly.
1: No, and I'm so glad you asked because people often tell me that I'm a nature writer.
0: I think of you as a nature writer. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, tell me, I tell Skinny all the time. I'm like, Courtney's a nature writer, <laughs> and
1: it's funny because I don't. Like identify <laughs> as a nature. I mean, I do and I don't. I do an Bring
0: I don't. identity politics into yeah, the writing, yeah, exactly.
1: World. <laughs> um, but I think it's funny we, we as writers we do these categories you know of things we like to try to define ourselves especially when you know you're getting to the hard business of trying to sell your work right mm-hmm. you you if you fit into a niche you can reach a publisher in a certain better easier way or you can target totally a certain audience categories help
0: with everything sure in um, terms of selling yeah
1: but I think that um nature writing sometimes gets a bad name mm. because people think of it As, like, boring or esoteric Mm. or, you know, a Hudson River school painting but on the page kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I just think it has a lot more flexibility to it as a genre, if you will. But also kind of um, thinking about nature and space and place as characters. Absolutely thinking about it as just inspiration for other
0: kinds of writing like you may how it incorporates into writing exactly Mm -hmm. Um, yeah I definitely use place and like I don't know if it's nature per se I'm using quote marks Um, I know I keep doing that I'm like oh they can't (laughs) see me (laughs) Um, yeah I don't know if it's like nature per se but like I'm from the south and Mm -hmm. um, a lot of my stuff takes place in Florida and I know I've talked about this before, but the heat is always Mm -hmm. a character. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge part of um, just living in Florida is the heat. And so it's like the whole atmosphere. It's like a part of your life. And it's like a huge part of your life. It's not just in the background. It's like dictates, you know, what you're going to wear in the morning, what you're going to do that day, what transportation you're going to take. Like um, it's a huge part of your life. So when you're writing about, and it's taking place in Florida. It has to have a huge part of the story. It sure. can't be ignored because it can't be
1: ignored. Exactly. It dictates there. the characters, even if they themselves are not um, consciously engaging right. with nature in a way. Um, which exactly, yeah. I c- completely just lost my
0: train. <laughs> <laughs> which which um, please. Please. <laughs> 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 um, I threw too many
1: things at you once. So. Yeah, it was a lot. It was, uh, no, no, but I, I, I feel like um, that gets to this other kind of um, uh, dilemma in in defining what is like environmental writing. What is? Mm. Yeah, what is? What environmental is environmental writing versus nature writing versus? eco-poetics versus like there are all these kind of terms that people throw around um and that sometimes get mixed up um I think it has to do with a lot with intention and audience and Mm -hmm. whether you're deliberately engaging
0: with um that's interesting though because you don't have the intention to be a nature writer but everyone tells you you are so yeah. there's something there yep. that's saying like there's something natural play- about. <laughs> <laughs> nature plays such a huge role in your stories Yeah, like they're not just there as a character it's almost like it's the main character Yeah, and that's why it sort of like elevates to the level of na- like what people are con- starting to consider nature writing that people are like if I had to categorize Courtney's writing, yeah. it would be nature writing because na- like nature and the environment and the setting is not just one. Character. It dominates. It dominates the story. Well, and I think um, in a fascinating and interesting way. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I do. I will say that I use I
1: use nature a lot in for inspiration for. um grounding and all of these kind of terms are funny because it's like I I find my flow down by the road like these things like kind of like mm-hmm. they're <laughs> onomatopoeic in ways mm-hmm. um and I do, I often do have an agenda. Like, I'm like, let's open up our eyes a little bit. We're not the only ones here. And, like, <laughs> our story can be told through this. You conceited human beings. <laughs> <laughs> Those are definitely things that I think about, but are not, like, always at the forefront of what mm-hmm. I'm trying to express. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not an expert. We have had a couple of people. We have some experts. <laughs> um on on, on <laughs> at our live events who are um two of our two of our featured readers actually over the years um who I think really exemplify different styles of mm-hmm. so-called nature writing um and handle the experience of place and space in, in po- both in poetics though which is interesting to me because they do poets. Fa- they're both poets and you do find mm. i think nature poetry a little more pervasive Accessible. than Nature writing, mm-hmm.
0: um Much to courtney sugar. Yeah, well,
1: yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, there are two. No, of them. that's that's
0: an interesting. It's going to be interesting to think about, like what um one of the questions you we were thinking about for the show, what um genre lends itself to mm-hmm. nature writing as we listen to the poetry. How does that differ from prose? Right. So let's, let's So, this is the Jennifer's, by the, the way. Je- oh, this is the Jennifer's block. <laughs> <This is> the-
1: <laughs> um, we're going to listen first to Jennifer Wallace, who is a fellow Sarah Lawrence grad. Um, and she teaches eco poetics up at MICA, the Maryland uh, College of Art.
0: So, d- is this considered eco poetics? This is, yeah. This, okay, this let's, is from
3: her, her let's hear live
0: what, reading. Yeah, let's hear what eco poetry is.
3: <laughs> Tell me what you know and don't know and I will, too. We'll sit knee to knee. Let's sit among the seasons and the nebulae, among colossal pinpricks and emptiness. And in those cold waters, we'll moor our separate boats in each other's company, wander the continents, each country, our cities, the fields we rolled in, and where, one day, we'll lay ourselves to root again. This poem is called Just a Day. Stream crossing, a train whistle among the beech trees rustling, and a vulture swings down low over the boardwalk when the engine barrels over the causeway and the geese lift over the dormant buds, a shimmer in the water's mild ripple in the liquid where the deer bounding and the dog barking and the family laughing their way to the dusk gate closing. The poem is called Rescue. Early morning at the water's edge, a fan laced out from a creature's tail. Low eastern light caught its tiny ripples and the lake became gold engraved. While on my knees to further inspect, a bumblebee struggled close enough to see. Its frantic wings carved the scene and prompted my debate. Shall I risk a sting and save its life but then lose all those gorgeous lake lines or shall I leave it be, requiring me to bear yet another day of witness to beauty and to strife? I turned to walk away, turned back again and toyed in microseconds with what dominion means. As I took a second look, a ten-inch perch Flashed up from underneath and gulped my tragic ripple weaver. The fish swam away. The lake's silk smooth surface healed itself, leaving only me.
0: So, So that was Jennifer one.
3: Jennifer one, Jennifer
0: two. (laughs) So, no, that was super interesting because. I really loved the way she sort of illustrated the way nature clashes up mm. against exactly modern man, man. human man-made life man-made things, things exactly that was that's that's what was in my mind things that man makes yes there's a distinction like a right. very deliberate so the stream and the, but then you hear the train right and, and they're interacting the bird, the in the vulture. same space yes exactly and the boardwalk right so it's like a, a nature thing and then a man-made thing exactly. And they're just, crossing each At other odds but they're also like living intertwined exactly there's yeah. this there's the, There's a coexistence
1: happening right um, but those lines are,
0: it, it like who makes draws it stark. them yeah right but even in in the poetry she's like um, creating this stark contrast mm-hmm. even though she's like illustrating that they are living right next to each other intertwined and they're clashing the way that she writes it mm-hmm. it 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 highlights the contrast. Mm-hmm. There's a huge contrast there. The vulture and the boardwalk are like completely different things. The vulture is like a hunter. He's the, or he's not a hunter, but he's there Scavenger. to like eat dead things. And then the boardwalk is where families walk around. <laughs> <laughs> Two <Right, right. laughs> very disparate images. But it's crazy because like scavengers are, or well, I mean, he's a
1: decomposer. He, they there, we can't have life without those kinds of species. Mm-hmm. So that's also a a weird dichotomy that you wouldn't necessarily think about right um, I think also the way that she treats the sound of um, the categories of things is important so when we hear the more "quote unquote" natural things come out um, there's this a different kind of meandering sense mm-hmm. or sensation and um, as opposed to a little bit more of this, like, urgent frenetic kind mm-hmm. of thing going on with the the human world. Right, yeah. Totally. Um, which isn't so necessarily bad. accurate. I don't know, because nature is plenty frenetic. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is a lot going on. But I do... I, I am really interested in the way that she draws lines between the two. Because that's what we tend to do, even though we're all part of this same, like,
0: organism Yeah, it's interesting, because I feel like she captures that. Mm -hmm. She captures how it's intertwined, but also disparate. And in doing
1: so, makes us see ourselves in a different way. Because of the, as you were talking about the contrast, like without the foil there we're kind of we're just like oh we're just going about what we normally do yeah we don't do. even notice exactly so that we're a part of this i think it's a really cool technique in writing mm-hmm. to expose another side of ourselves by showing the difference to this other
0: yeah and thinking about what we were talking about before we played it um about the genre it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like she's innocently just describing a scene um, so you don't have to like agree ahead of time to think about humanity in the context of nature and the, and the politics behind it <laughs> yeah and the politics behind it you don't have to get wrapped up like right, right. do i like technology or do i not like technology right, right, like, right. you don't have to start you know examining all your beliefs before you go into a poem right like you might have to do with an essay like do i want to read an essay about you know such and such environmental thing or do i want to read this essay about rocks like how interested in rocks am i you don't have to commit you don't have to decide ahead of time if like this is your thing you can yeah. just be like i'm gonna read this poem and then as you're listening you're like oh, oh. it's making it's like eliciting all the thoughts but in a much like more it's a more inviting it's more inviting that's right point. it's like oh come along this walk
1: with me and then oh hold on let me hit you with something <laughs> <laughs> right but, <laughs> oh yeah.
0: we're halfway through now you can't turn back <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <sighs> So that's, yeah, Very that's a definite cool. advantage of poetry. So what about the other Jennifer? Well,
1: okay, so the other Jennifer is Jennifer Atkinson, um, who also teaches poetry and, and eco-poetics uh, at George Mason, so close by.
0: Another eco-poet? Another eco-poet.
1: Wow, I didn't realize this was a thing. It's, it's a, a thing. run rampant. I mean, I maybe seek them out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what? Courtney, the non-nature what? writer? Right, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's hear it.
2: This one is called exhalation. And it's about that, that it's true that just as with water, air, oxygen, that's all the air, all the oxygen we're going to get. It all gets recycled, reused, rebreathed. So the air we're breathing right now is the same air that. Everyone who's ever been alive, w- animal or human or anything, is the you know it's all the same air. We're all breathing it. Um, so that's what this is about, and it, get, it, it it does it in a well in a poetry way. Exhalation. The O2 and water vapor that steam from the nine times 9,000 stomata in an oak leaf Breathe through the lungs of a squirrel Are swept up on the draft off the hawk's wing Caught on a breeze viscous with spores Carried in a wood thrush call to a wood thrush Across a loose-strifed highway shoulder Some molecules go to a meadow of factories Their gravel lots of gleaming cars, rust-lipped silos, and seagulls Some molecules blow on over the marsh, and its outgassing roses Further dispersing, mixing, some rise up into a scudding cloud And from its high scatter of vapor and ice Fall to the Rappahannock, the Hudson, the Housatonic, to fetch up ten billion transactions later In a plankton bloom off Peru, in volcanic dust over Iceland, in the hollows of a Sendai egret's bones In the stinging fifty days' wind over homes, in the snow that falls on Chernobyl's red pines, like is not Part of the same air that first voiced the Diamond Sutra or fueled the firestorm at Dresden that shrieks from the kitchen kettle or a red squirrel seized by a hawk in mid flight.
0: Okay, I see what you mean by how they're like totally different but getting at the same thing. Because she is similarly like Illustrating this, like one oneness, one oneness. Mm-hmm. but she's doing it by like diving all in, getting real deep she's to like, the molecular level in <laughs> on right? nature
1: right now. <laughs> yeah, and and so that I think it's a choice and it's a risk. Um, you know, some some of the scientific terms, some of the. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I mean, she's she, she's like, I'm going all in. I'm going,
1: and you can come or not. Like she I don't, is, I don't care if you're going. Yeah, exactly. With me. I'm going in. She's like, this is urgent, and we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna delve in here, yeah, for sure.
0: But it's interesting that she's still getting across the same feeling that the other Jennifer was, which is like we're all connected. Right. Like, you forgot about this aspect yes. of like the world we live in,
1: and it's um, funny too the way she. Um, Speaks it is a little different. Also, it's sh- her voice mm-hmm. is almost reserved itself to give power to because the words, the words, are so because there's powerful, and so, yeah, and exactly, and yeah, um, punching you in the face. But and still, there's this this um, feeling of not being even deep, deep, deep in not being able to escape the constructed world, mm-hmm. which I think. Yes. Is Mm -hmm, another yes, yes. There was another reference. There's a um, um, a a parking lot or something Mm -hmm. like asphalt or something, which again I think speaks to the interconnectedness. The interconnectedness, but also uh, in a you know to be, because this is what we're talking about on this show, the process of writing a little bit, Mm -hmm. right? We work within bounds and with constructions that we can't always escape. But if we dig a little deeper, we can manipulate them in a way that allows us to see our place in it better or what comes on the next page. Mm Mm-hmm. That's my deep thoughts for the day. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, so yeah, those are that's the Jennifer's. That's what I got? That's <laughs> what we got. That's <laughs> where we are? That's the Jennifer's blog. <laughs> um, up next, we're going to invite a special guest to chat with us a little bit more about nature writing and the nature of her writing. Another poet. Another poet. what I what? think I'm sensing a theme. Here. Only
0: Courtney can represent the nonfiction. <laughs> I'll do what I can. <laughs> Stay tuned. <Let's> gather. Gather.
1: Gather. <laughs> um,
0: you can gather in. Gather round, gather round for the second half. And we're gonna get started. We're gonna get started. started. We'll get started. We're officially getting started. Not teasing you this time.
1: So we've been discussing nature writing and the nature of writing uh, and joining us on the show to give us her take is Rachel Adams. Welcome Rachel. Hi. Hi.
4: It's good to be here.
1: We're excited to have you. Um, Rachel has been a member of the Interloop community since day one. Mm, that's true. She read with us at our very first event in that's April true. 2014, mm-hmm. so just five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um. And she keeps coming back. I don't. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> Keep Rachel, drawing me in. Well, and Rachel even um, was a participant in our first year of our summer residency program. Yes, which, which was wonderful. Be starting up again. She's joined us
0: for all our first. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm
1: following you guys around. <laughs>
4: <laughs> what um, are you doing Rachel next? Rachel
0: is also the founder and editor in chief of Lines and Stars and a widely published poet. And our latest collection, Space and Road, is forthcoming from the Semi Perfect Press. In oh, it's here. And she's got it right here. I have it. It's I'm holding <laughs> it. Really pretty. I'm, I'm petting it, at it right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so, Rachel. You are another one of those people. You're not a Jennifer. We've we've, no. we've got a, another Rachel <laughs> though. <laughs> you you are one of those writers. I think like myself, um, who draw a lot of uh, not just inspiration but kind of sensation and. Mm-hmm. Um, the grit and gut of your writing from spaces and places around Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I think that puts us kind of square in that category of what people would call Right, nature, <laughs> nature, writers. nature writers. Are you for me? I'm a nature writer. Are
0: you a nature writer? <laughs> so, t- are, so you, are, are you? you major-
4: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You, I think. Are you an eco poet? <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah. These these terms and the distinctions between them are fuzzy, mm-hmm. and um sometimes I, and I think that that we can sort of pigeonhole ourselves or be pigeonholed um into. Being a certain type of writer, or fo- mm-hmm. a writer fo- focusing on a certain type of theme, totally. and there are days when I am, you know, equally as moved by something that I see in a city as I am by something that I see when hiking on a trail, mm-hmm. and i am trying to sort of understand and write about the interconnectedness, like you were talking about with the with one of the Jennifers, I think the first Jennifer, um, that there is an interplay there that it's not necessarily that mm-hmm. the natural world and the it's sort of too easy sometimes to make that to put them at mm-hmm. odds with mm-hmm. with one totally, another yeah. um sort of image image wise too easy image wise to juxtapose those two mm-hmm. um but i think that they can work in tandem in a poem
1: yeah and how do, how does 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 this was something else we were thinking about does poetry specifically lend itself to that um like kind of functional flexibility yeah. of both words and the subject matter
4: For me, I find that there's this inherent sort of flexibility and wildness and Mm, um, sort of mutability in the natural world, and one can experiment so widely in poetry. Mm. I thought you were
0: talking about poetry, and I was like, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there is. Yes, I'm getting to
4: that. (laughs) I went went backwards (laughs) on that. Yeah. (laughs) I started from the other side and came around the corner. Um, Yeah, I think that the the way in which we can be so free in, in poetic writing. And, of course, that is inherent in other forms as well. Sure, um, and it's
1: all relative. It's
4: all relative, yeah. Um, but there's a real sort of adventure that can happen mm-hmm. in poetry. And I think that there's such oddness and unexpectedness to the natural world that that, for, that mm-hmm. genre can align very well with it, mm-hmm. when, it works, when it works well. I think it, it, it fits
1: what um something that i i struggle with and i think a lot of people struggle with we touched a little bit on the, the differences between nature and environmental writing and what mm-hmm. those things mean but even now especially um when we touch on any of these things in this anthropocene yeah how how can we use writing to um as a, as a as a force to kind of yeah. examine ourselves in our place and and or or should we be mm-hmm. using writing to do that is it effective
4: mm-hmm. yeah i think about that a lot and i think about you know the task of the writer and the responsibility of the writer mm-hmm. um particularly in this specific subject matter um i've never been someone who in my writing um it just it feels like it doesn't um jibe with me to uh, be overtly environmentalist, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, or overtly socio political, or um, to speak about those things directly. Mm-hmm. But I strive to be an extremely observant writer and an observant person, mm-hmm. um, for better or worse, and often <laughs> th- failing at <laughs> both dr- miserably. Um, but I think that the the sheer observation of our world is something that's been so lost, mm-hmm. and that's and that's been so that's part of the this, you know, anthro driven time in which we find ourselves. It's not just like the subjugation of the natural world and mm. the mm. utilization of it for our purposes, <laughs> but it's also just the forgetting that we're in it. I mean, you, you yeah. guys talked about this a little yeah. bit before, too. Just the this we're disconnected from our our world and that's that's said a lot and that you know in in various ways you know p- referencing people on their phones all mm-hmm. the time and wandering around and being on being on their devices and etc and i think that's very true and um but there's some like deeper level of disconnection mm-hmm. that is what really is scary to me and what i fe- and what i feel internally sometimes just the the feeling of not being aware of my world either being too mm-hmm caught up in a, a mental process or a pointed v- inward pointed inward exactly and um i try to uh, write myself and point outward Write r-i-g-h-t <laughs> oh
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like picture
4: me as a little buoy or something going back and forth. And
1: I, that took me a minute. Yeah, like. got it. Yep, yep. Do yep. you can you do you have an example of of a, a way that you have done this yes, or a, I try do to do this?
4: Yeah, I was thinking about um, this one specific poem that's about listening um, and listening in specific. Although I try to um, incorporate. The senses into my work. Just listening is a way the of the five, five senses. Yes, yeah. um, this is a poem from my first little collection from 2013. The poem is called uh, the book is called What It's Heard. What is Heard, and um, the poem this is the poem from which the book takes its name. Mm. Um, it's about listening to a mountain, and this specific mountain is called Harvey Mountain, and it's in Western New York. Um, and it's about just being being there and doing a little listening exercise um, as we walk up the mountain. So it's called Harvey Mountain Sound Walk. We press the handheld microphone with its fuzzed caterpillar head up against the sapling aspens agitated by the wind and against the curves of the rain cut stream stammering down the left side of the path. The air heaves a jolting thump, thump into the ear. Its sound moves out and in, staccato flapping, folding over on itself. We note, like fastidious scientists, what is heard. One's own footsteps moving from wet to dry rock, sharpening and focusing as they go. The rhythmic chwit chwit of an early autumn cicada concealed just out of sight in a scatter of sumac. High above, the tinny whir of a silver airplane emerging in a flash between the birch tops a blue jay's shrillness diving and ambient and water filling into the holes into the creases of the soil in the evening when we have gone back to the sears kit barn to write our findings to sit blanket wrapped cold but happy in our rough walled study rooms harvey mountain will store up its sounds hibernating rolling them into itself its lines will turn black against the blacker night and silhouette gray in the blue unraveling of the late afternoon.
1: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I felt like I was there. <laughs> mm.
4: That's the mission.
1: Yeah, no, I love the way, though, um, in that one, so we're, you pull our attention to all these sounds mm-hmm. uh, of things that are inhabiting the mountain around mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. right, or, or are part of it um, that are... are independent and then we come around at the end to the mountain itself which we've forgotten is Mm -hmm. also this kind of living breathing form character
4: right and you were talking about that in the previous segment about about parts of nature or um qualities of weather or Mm -hmm. or temperature as characters Mm -hmm. and i think that i was talking to a friend of mine about this the other day that when i Maybe I don't know ten or fifteen years ago when I was starting to come into my own as a writer. Um, sort of during my, during and after my master's program that I went to, which focused on poetry specifically, um, I found and I certainly produced a lot of like poetry that I that I like and and that I think worked well at the time. But I found that I was seeking out images from nature to fit my feelings, yeah. just, and, and sort of, you know, this stream represents loss, this, this light coming through the trees represents hope, this, yeah. this air represents, um, you know, a feeling of nostalgia, or something. which is not to say that any of that is, is, is incorrect. Um, but I, in, as I have grown as a poet and gotten older, um, I try to let it, and this sounds hokey, but I try to let it sort of speak to me or, or, mm-hmm. or be aware of it speaking to itself maybe is the better way to put it mm-hmm. that there's a language um, that nature uses to talk to to itself and, and to us, and to us and that we might not we aren't able to understand it and we we don't speak that language but we can if we're sort of awake and aware we can at least realize that there's a language being spoken
0: I, yeah, and I think that speaks to what you were talking about before, what we were just discussing about p- being pointed inward or being pointed outward. Like mm-hmm. trying to find the way that the nature expresses your experience is a, just another way of being pointed inward. Mm-hmm. Um, but trying to like yes. listen mm-hmm. in to yep. just like eavesdrop on the conversation. Yeah, eavesdrop ahead. on the yeah. conversation. Yeah. <laughs> And it's um, always
4: siphoning through me. I, I know that if it's if it's right, being written yeah, by me, it's it's it's, it's not objective. <laughs> it's not objective, it's it's um coming through my experiences but and I also et cetera. Liked, but um, yeah. you were
0: saying that it's intertwined. you were you had um, connected with that idea of the of the human and the nature being intertwined. And I really liked the subtle way that you did it um in the poem by giving. Nature things like human or like more modern adjectives and mm-hmm. vice versa. So the microphone was like had the caterpillar um top and the and the stream was mm-hmm. stuttering, which is mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a human, usually a human adjective. So, mm-hmm. um, I just thought that was that was really poignant,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. And I think, um, you remind us to stop trying to again box box everything into these categories that we mm-hmm. create <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right yeah that's um, such a human
4: tendency and yes. it's such a yeah it's a tendency that we all feel you know and I, we, I've i been I've said you know, what kind of writer am I what kind of poet am I and then you, you you do think about sort of not even necessarily for 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 selling your work or anything but you sort of feel like you want to market yourself in mm-hmm. some in some way even internally or right? to guide yourself yes mm-hmm. like toward a yeah. mm-hmm
1: um what well, do you have some pieces from do you have some pieces from yeah. your your new work
4: yeah i do so space and road came out um last month april of 2019 and um it's published by uh, an awesome small feminist press in philadelphia um called semi-perfect press that does a few books a year go check them out they're wonderful nice we love to support Little small
1: presses mm-hmm. yes um and also before you just before you read, yes. can you tell us a little bit about how this process of writing maybe was different from what you did with what you heard? Yeah.
4: Totally, totally. Um right, so this little book comes out six years after my first one, um, that I just read from. And I think my poetry is getting quieter mm. and maybe it, maybe I'm getting quieter as I get older. That's sort of doubtful, but <laughs> 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 maybe there's an internal quietude that's growing. Um I, and it's not necessarily that the poetry is more observant or more I don't know what the, what the right real, you know, adjective to use is, but um there's I think there's us of a wanting to mold and mm. more of a trying to at least see and to be molded by the environment, mm-hmm. whether that's a city environment or a more natural mm-hmm. environment, whether it's a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to be a more quiet and thoughtful writer and person. Um, I think that shows a bit more, and there's it, there, it's sort of less frenetic or something in a way, even though I don't think my poetry's ever been particularly fre- mm-hmm. frenetic. There's a there's a sort of slowing down in a way that I think is good or that feels that this this book feels and I don't know if you guys have had this feeling you probably have but this book feels more true to me Mm -hmm. than the first book did when it came out even though I was so pleased with it and um, this feels like I'm going in a better direction Mm -hmm. that I'm going in a more um, true direction um, for myself and for what I want to express
1: awesome let's hear it
4: <laughs> it's gonna now suck
1: <laughs> with all that setup, up the poetry That's is worth. bad <laughs>
4: um, I was gonna read yeah I was looking through this I was gonna read one that is about um the city so I, I live in Baltimore and I'm from Baltimore and two years ago I've moved back to Baltimore I lived in DC for a long time which is where I met these lovely ladies and um I'm still in D.C. a lot for work and with friends, and um, D.C. is certainly very familiar and part of my existence still, but um, it's really interesting to be in one's hometown, even though it's not far away, and I was, you know, going up to Baltimore a lot when I was in D- living in D.C., and it's never been its never been um, a true break from it, but um, it's really interesting to be in one's hometown as an adult and um, seeing... Um, neighborhoods differently and, and seeing the way things interconnect in a way that you maybe didn't when you were younger. Um, it's been really sort of a wonderful re-experiencing mm. of, of a city. And I have such love in my heart for Baltimore and the people that dwell within it. Um, so I've been writing more about Baltimore um, and about ways in which it intertwines with my Experience and in the ways that nature reveals itself, even in a city. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to read this one called October Radio, Clear Sky, and the epigraph is um, after Anna Akhm- Akhmatova. Evening, young child, missing since the 30th. Four days, count your fingers on one hand. Remember the animals who live in the forests, who drink rainwater from tree leaves, you are listening to the radio discuss poverty in the city, how the vacant houses outnumber the homeless, how the rats outnumber us all. The houses are dark and sagging, their cartilage slipping away, and the rats are living in kudzu clogged backyards. You know not to forget the missing child, not to let sleep drain your mind clean. But it is late, and outside the car window, breath fog is emerging from the mouth of a man in khaki pants moving quickly in the cold. The hour changes, the radio program changes, and the announcer's voice is the sound of metal pieces clattering on the road, of branches hitting the roofs of empty houses in a storm.
1: It's a sad one. No one is sad. Yeah, but I, I see what you mean. Um. About making space.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I have nothing more significant <laughs> to say. And now the space of silence was, falls onto trying, us, and we stare at
4: each other. <laughs> so like I can't
1: articulate this, but like I felt the space
4: and mm, the spaces mm-hmm. and and the
1: spaces that aren't there. Also. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um.
0: Yeah. Very cool let's I think we have time for one more
4: sure um I'll read another one from my newest little book um I'll read a kind of shorter one let's see um I'll read one about moving so I was moving from DC to Baltimore was this
0: is for me I'm, I'm about to move yeah in two weeks.
4: you've been back and forth and then <laughs> going around this. again and <laughs> you're a DMV traveling gal um but yeah, m- m- I lived in my apartment here for, in D.C. for 12 years, and moving, even though it was a really good step, was hard and mm-hmm, and, yeah. and um, was the ending of mm-hmm. a very significant time in my life. Mm-hmm. So um, this is what's called On Moving. What I will miss is the white dogwood, its shadows that change with the heat of the dirt underneath it, artery-like in winter, dissecting the wall, wide oblong plains in summer, the window open, air entering and exiting the room. This last day rolls out in yellow light, street lamp, dusk. The dogwood is in half bloom and silent against the bird calls. I always felt like this dogwood was watching me and, and interacting with me. It was outside my window. Oh,
1: I love that! <laughs> There's a pink dogwood right outside of my current place. Mm-hmm. They're peeping in on us. I, I have a, I think, unfair <laughs> advantage because I um, have seen the photos of your window and dogwood. I oh remember yeah, when you were moving and yep. and thought, what a what a beautiful kind of treehouse perch that was. To it was experience it really the was. city in. Mm-hmm. It was from. this sort
4: of nestled away place mm-hmm. that was, you know, it's in downtown D.C., but it was, it was so sort of bucolic in a way and mm-hmm. peaceful. And it always filled me with a real sense of, of peace. So I knew that leaving it, even though I love where I currently live and it, it has a deep peacefulness as well. Um, I knew that leaving that specific dogwood and the peace that it brought to me was going to be sad. Mm-hmm. And um, I
1: wanted to honor it by writing a little poem for it
0: Lovely.
1: I really like that idea of, of honoring nature through writing we hadn't really really touched mm-hmm, on that but mm-hmm. our next segment will also a little <laughs> bit <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks Tune for in. joining us on the yeah. show Rachel. thank
4: you so much and thank you for all that you guys do I appreciate your presence in the writing world and in my life so much well, you're likewise, doing
1: great things we're so happy to have you <laughs> thanks Rachel thank you
0: up next you know what's coming a writing exercise live on the air you love it stay tuned
1: a special segment we call fun times in Babylon we don't call it that. <laughs> even though Rachel tells me we don't I'm calling it that today um but if you have any penny suggestions we're all ears mm-hmm. um this is the part of the show where we force ourselves to step outside of the radio booth a little at least mentally and today we'll be singing singing
0: nobody nobody told me there would be yeah oh yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> no but it's it's not the way you think oh, thank sorry you. <laughs> um one of the most well-known and inspiring early american nature writers mm-hmm. is <laughs> Well, women, right? Yeah. Okay, (laughs) so he wasn't exclusively a nature writer per se. Who is? We talked about that. Um, We covered this, (laughs) but his seminal work really explored what it meant to be human within the larger realm of people and the living world. Putting it in that context, exactly
0: that we've been talking about, Mm -hmm. right? Leaves of Grass is epic, and everyone knows "Song of Myself." People sometimes extol it as a "sing it from the rooftops," you be you, kind of a piece. Right, really like that.
1: exactly right. So, if you listen a little more carefully, like people are like, Oh, a song of myself, which does it's they like they just the, take the title, right? And exactly, and stop, it's yeah. Right it's really grounded in the kind of eco poetic what we're now calling eco-poetry. <laughs> we've been talking about, like a term now. <laughs> yeah, it is an actual term, but we're we're really <laughs> abusing it. Um, so, Rage, let's do this. Let's do it. We are going to emulate women. Um, and listeners, in the meantime, if you haven't listened or heard or read Song of Myself in a little while... And it's um, always
0: good to hear it again anyway. Exactly. Even if you read it yesterday, it's time to hear it again.
1: You can take a listen to parts one and two, uh, which the other Rachel who just joined us so graciously agreed to read aloud. And so it's delightful. So. It is. Have a listen.
4: Song of Myself I celebrate myself and sing myself And what I assume you shall assume for every atom belonging to me, as good belongs to you. I loaf and invite my soul. I lean and loaf at my at my ease, observing a spear of summer grass. My tongue, every atom of my blood, formed from this soil, this air. Born here of parents, born here from parents the same, and their parents the same. I, now thirty-seven years old, in perfect health begin, hoping To cease not till death creeds and schools in abeyance retiring back a while sufficed at what they are but never forgotten i harbor for good or bad i permit to speak at every hazard nature without check with original energy houses and rooms are full of perfumes the shelves are crowded with perfumes I breathe the fragrance myself and know it and like it. The distillation would intoxicate me also, but I shall not let it. The atmosphere is not a perfume. It has no taste of the distillation. It is odorless. It is for my mouth forever. I am in love with it. I will go to the bank by the wood and become undisguised and naked. I am mad for it to be in contact with me. The smoke of my own breath echoes, ripples, buzzed whispers, love root, silk thread, crotch and vine, my respiration and inspiration, the beating of my heart, the passing of blood and air through my lungs, the sniff of green leaves and dry leaves, and of the shore and dark-colored sea rocks, and of hay in the barn, the sound of the benched words of my voice loosed to the eddies of the wind a few light kisses a few embraces a reaching around round of arms the play of shine and shade on the trees as the supple boughs wag the delight alone or in the rush of the streets or along the fields and hillsides the feeling of health the full noon trill the song of me rising from bed and meeting the sun have you reckoned a thousand acres much have you reckoned the earth much have you practiced so long to read, to learn to read? Have you felt so proud to get at the meaning of poems? Stop this day and night with me and you shall possess the origin of all poems. You shall possess the good of the earth and the sun. There are millions of suns left. You shall no longer take things at second or third hand, nor look through the eyes of the dead, nor feed on the specters in books. You shall not look through my eyes either Nor take things from me. You shall listen to all sides and filter them from yourself.
0: All right, time's up. I said it's cheesy, but fuck it. And Courtney said, yeah. so I'm not taking any responsibility for my ending. <laughs> well, I
1: mean, neither of these are going to be a Whitman-style song here. It's
0: not. I thought it was supposed to be Whitman-style. I
1: mean, yes, it is, but I mean, it's never. It's not <laughs> did like I get it's it gonna. No, it's not like it's gonna uh, be. A, I, sh- I should have a no, Whitman-level okay. song. Okay. I was like,
0: uh, did I misunderstand no, the no, no, instructions? Because no. it's very Whitman-esque. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's hard. It's hard, and I think p- part of um, what makes it difficult is we are removed from the time and place. In which he was experiencing mm-hmm. this, um, and that impacts our relationship with nature too. But let's see what uh, let's see what we came let's up with. We got Rachel. Yeah, I'll go first because
0: I always make you go first. Yeah. I feel <sighs> like this is my penance. Yes. Um, so I was inspired by Rachel, the other Rachel's um, little poem for her apartment. Yeah, the dogwood. Yeah, yeah, I'm moving soon, and not by choice exactly. Mm-hmm. So. And I I walk my dog and my baby every day. Like twice you have your a day. path, you have your routine. We have yeah. our path, and she's she's gotten to where she's like just you know just in the nascence of, of of having. A mind and Mm -hmm. her own will, and just sort of consciousness is the word I was looking for. She's like in the you know nascent stages of just consciousness, and you can see it developing in her every day. Mm -hmm. And so we go on these walks, and she loves going and getting her in her stroller and going for the walk and so she's gotten to the point where she recognizes all the places An and the she points stops. at the flowers oh. and then at the very end of her walk we walk by these bushes in the neighbor's yard and she holds her hand out and to like touch them. touches them oh. and she goes by in the stroller like every time <laughs> and I was like oh my god <laughs> It's going to make me cry. (laughs) Communing with nature. Yeah. So she's like, has this habit, this, you know, and Mm -hmm. familiarity. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who's new to the world, that's super important to her. Right. So I'm, I'm very, um, sad. I'm sad and reluctant to take that away from her but I'm she'll you know.
1: find it, it I think the sense she has found the sense of it right? yeah and so that's something you can't take away she'll carry it yeah. with her
0: so this is a little song for my neighborhood that no, I'm I like probably it. leaving so. okay unpredictable sidewalks intersected by brown tubular light poles green hollow garbage cans concrete waves cracked pebbles parked cars Patches of greenery hemmed in by cement barriers filled with big yellow dandelions, little yellow tulips, purple and white daisies. Opaque water flowing down the hedged waterway headed toward the faucets of thousands of city dwellers. This is my walk. This is my daily walk of chattering birds and complaining squirrels and the mournful wail of dogs behind fences. We sing to the earth our song of ourselves.
1: Ooh, I think it came out great. Thanks. I love especially the repetition. This is our walk. This is our daily walk. You know, that, yeah. uh, that turn there was like, really, really
0: peaked. And I hate the fucking sidewalk.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: because you're in this, you don't know. But when you have a. Stroller, this is a total like mom problem. You have this stroller, Happy and day. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> For all you mothers out there, you know what I'm talking about. You have this giant stroller, and it's this size of the sidewalk. So, anytime there's anything in the sidewalk, it's like a huge ordeal to like bump Manoeuvre bump it down. It. Yeah, because the baby's like 25 pounds, so it's like a serious maneuver to get it up and down the sidewalk yeah. bump. And so, the garbage ca- on garbage day the is tree the worst. Roots day. Under the concrete, yes, all of those things are just like little hurdles that you're just having to like maneuver around it's really annoying if you have a beverage in the, in the stroller if you have your wine, everywhere. wine with you yeah exactly <laughs> actually that happened to be <laughs> like half of it spilled out was so pissed it was, shit. anyway hashtag well, mom,
1: mommy problems thank you for singing the song of your neighborhood um, so I had much less intention uh, in my song <laughs> <laughs> I was just kind of trying to mimic the style yeah um, Yum,
0: yum, yeah,
1: <laughs> yum. That's a uh, that's in uh, <laughs> Tom Robbins' uh, "Still Life with Woodpecker." One of I love him; he's my favorite like fiction writer. But um, there's yum is a refrain. <laughs> anyway, I did that not on purpose. Okay, isn't it something to make movement in the lift of one foot and then the other to step pavement or rain soaked trail. To push out and sink in breath to my own ribcage expanding out, out to the sidewalk, down the road, to where the curb curves in a V and meets the park that has emerged like that same breath from the lungs of the woods beyond. I sing to the bark, to the lark, to the yelp, and now, that's not what that says, <laughs> <laughs> to the yelp of now and what was and will be in and around and beyond me I sing
0: lovely I feel like it's very similar I, like yeah. the dogs barking and, and the, the concrete yeah the again
1: plates. those intersections we come full circle yeah. it's the that kind of man made and then around us anyway I think point of this episode should be we can write Within and from nature, but it also kind of writes into us and out mm-hmm. of us. And if we listen a little, it can help guide us.
0: And it can inform any writing. It doesn't have That's to be what I mean. Nature yeah. Writing.
1: yeah. Yeah. It's there. Great. It's, it's within you. <laughs> it's your song. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, right. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll
0: leave it there. We'll <laughs> leave it there for today. <laughs> <it> there. Um, <laughs> and that's our show. <laughs> Hold on, I'm lost. Yeah, that's our show. You were right. (laughs) That is is our show. Join us next month. Sorry, that's our show. Join us next month for another hour of literary literature. (laughs) I fucked that up. I was like, what is next month's show? Tiddling, (laughs) tiddling, tiddling, (laughs) tiddling. (laughs)
1: titillating titillating oh man we're here for you today guys to find out more about us or submit to read at our next event please visit us at
0: www.theinnerlooplit.com today's episode was produced by Courtney Sexton our theme music is by Andrew Logan and our technical manager is James Skinner thanks again to Rachel Adams for joining us on the show and if you enjoyed today's episode as much as we did
1: (laughs) please leave us a review on iTunes or any other streamings that you use
0: podcasts thrive on reviews like yours so if you want to support us and the interloop radio take the time to tell the world why you love us
1: and don't forget to subscribe oh did we tell them
0: what we're officially
1: a (laughs) (laughs) 501c3 so leave us reviews so that we can you know that's important for us to report things because (laughs) we now have to report official things
0: we could say we get five stars by this many reviewers exactly and they'll give us money it's real important to give you more literature
1: subscribe and (laughs) review Subscribe, subscribe review we love you happy writing right on